0: want to be a radical for jesus well this is pastor david host of restoring your voice and that's what this show is geared toward geared toward everyday christians to equip you for the good works of jesus and live out your faith radically and i hope you enjoy this episode of restoring Restoring your Your Voice. voice All right, then, welcome to another episode of Restoring Your Voice with me, your host, Pastor David. So glad that you could join us. That means, you know, if I said us, you mean that's interview day. So we got a great interview uh, coming up for you airing with Wes Carey of the Kingsguard Ministry. We're going to get into topics like biblical manhood and what does all of that look like? Is it very important for us today? Is it toxic? Who knows? Real quick reminder all right click that subscribe button on the youtube channel if you're not watching this on my youtube channel david c mcguire why not head on over there great content organized uh for you to find lots of playlists sermons uh obviously episodes of the show so check it out don't forget to head on over to the new website as well because this is streaming from that website all right if you and make sure you hit that subscribe button to sign up for my newsletters so when i put out information you know it and you don't miss out all right and when i put out a blog all right uh you'll you'll get notified you'll get an email about it so lots of great content there for you to find as well so with that out of the way i'm gonna bring on my guest welcome to the show wes
1: hey it's good to be here glad you invited me and it's an honor and privilege to be part of the podcast today
0: yeah it's an honor and privilege to have you on um, you, you know i was obviously we, we were talking quite a bit uh uh quote unquote off camera and um yeah, and of course I was, you know, reading your bio and all that, um, and yeah, uh, wonderful things. Uh, before I guess before we get started, why don't you tell uh, people uh, a little bit about yourself and your ministry?
1: Okay, uh, well, uh, so I'm a 13 year special operations combat vet. I did uh, time as a Green Beret with Fifth uh, Special Forces Group uh, for a while. Um, got out in 2018, um, and that's kind of where God started dealing with my heart about this idea of manhood and what it looks like. Um, and really kind of used my kids to do that. He used my, son, my oldest son um, to kind of lead me the way. I kind of realized that he was 11 years old and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and that kind of set me down a path to kind of research manhood and everything like that. So it kind of developed and blossomed over the course of the years uh, into what it is today, which is the Kingsguard uh, Ministries, uh, which is a discipleship program for men. Um, and not just men, but men and boys. And it, it's about men deci- being disciples of Christ, and then mentoring their sons to be disciples of Christ as well, um, and, and to be the men that God has called them and designed them to be. Um, and then part of that ministry, obviously, is the podcast that we have, the Kingsguard podcast that I do with my uh, my, my long term friend or longtime friend Cole Barnett uh, of the Barnett Trio. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been a wild ride.
0: Yeah, and you gotta been quite a story that you know led led you to that point in life where you were Mm -hmm. like hey man i gotta i gotta do something about this whole manhood thing yeah um you know it wasn't like oh get out the army okay let's let's jump into this manhood thing it was it was uh you got had to do do a work in you didn't he
1: yeah so it kind of probably back in 2010 uh, I was, I was in Iraq and I came back and that's where God really started working my heart about getting out of the army and doing, and, and getting involved in ministry. Um, I, I was saved when I, I came to Christ when I was four years old and, uh, I grew up in ministry. My dad was a pastor and then evangelist and we did some missions work and whatnot. My grandfather was a pastor. Um, in fact, both my grandfathers were pastors at one point. Um, and so I, I, grew up in that world of ministry. I mean, and it's, I mean, i I've done everything from scrub toilets to, you know, teaching Sunday school to leading music um, to working with youth and, and and VBS and all sorts of different things. Um, But I grew up in that world. Um, And so now here I am 2010, I'm a green beret in the middle of the the global war, war, global war on terror. And in reality, I, I knew that that's what I wanted to do since I was like six years old and watched John Wayne on, in the green berets with Robin Moore Um, watching it on Turner classic movies one day in the living room, you know, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And so now here I am, 2010, that's, that's what I'm doing. And I didn't want to give it up,
0: Hmm.
1: you know? And so God started working with my heart and, uh, I, I, I said, no, said no, and started running. Um, and I did some things. I, I thought, you know, if I do a little bit here, do a little bit there, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, that will appease God. Right. So we did a little work with some ministry or with some missionaries and in some hostile fields. And I still do that some from time to time. Um, But I didn't I didn't fully commit. You know, I wanted to maintain who I what I identified myself as and and so on and so forth. And that's just not what God wanted from me. He wanted everything and I wasn't willing to give it. And so um, fast forward 2013, me and my wife are are not doing well. Marriage wise, we, we split up and for three, we were separated for three years. Hmm. Um, and if you had seen me during that three years, um, you would not know that I was a child of God. You would not know. You wouldn't have known the difference. I did. You know, the Bible tells us that, you know, sin is fun for a season. And for a little bit, it was, you know, there was, it was fun for a season, but after a while, you know, uh, it grieved my spirit you know, and even though I had a smile on my face and even though everybody around me thought I was having a good time and they were having a good time uh, deep down in my soul and in my spirit, I was miserable,
0: Hmm.
1: you know, and finally God brought me to a place, uh, where we, me and my wife started, uh, started reconciling and came back together. Uh, we've been married now for 17 years. Um, it's crazy to think that it's been 17 years already. Um, and uh and so God started the process of me getting out of the army. And uh 2018, I I I was on my way out, my wife was like, Well, why don't I go in? You know, I can maintain insurance, I can do stuff like that, and and uh, you know, you can figure out what God's wanting you to do and how he's wanting you to do that while while we do that. And and uh, so that's what we did. And so uh 90 days from my exit is when she shipped off to basic. And then here I was with Three kids at the time. I've got four now, um, and my oldest is 11 years old. And I'm looking at him, thinking, I, I have no idea, um, no idea how to raise a man. You know, um, I'm, I was in my mid 30s, and I, I, I was barely a man myself. <laughs> you know, at least that's how I felt in my heart. And so, uh God started me on a process. I mean, and I, I, I like. Like I told you earlier, I was, I, I read every, every book I could. Cause so there, there's a couple things that happen to somebody when they realize that they're ill equipped hmm. for a task. Uh, and you've probably seen this before. They, <laughs> one of two things will happen. One, uh, they just give up and they stop. Well, if I can't do it, I'm not going to do it. And they just go quit. Um, or they go and find a way to become equipped. Hmm. Um, And as I'm looking at my kids, the thought that was going through my mind was, I mean, if I quit, if I just say, well, I'm not equipped to do this and I don't have the capability to do it of myself um, and just give up, um, I I don't just fail me. I fail them. And every generation after,
0: Hmm.
1: you know, and so what I had to do is I had to I had to develop a vision for what I wanted to be as a man what I wanted them to see me, how I wanted them to see me as a man. I want, I had to develop a vision of, of the kind of men that I I, want, the kind of men that I wanted to raise them to be. Um, And then not just them, God God started dealing with me on this um, quite a bit, actually, where it was that, that vision has to be a multi-generational vision. And it's Mm -hmm. not just what my kids are, but what, what kind of, what kind of men are their sons going to be and their sons after them. And, uh, and that's where the Kings guard started working. I, 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 ran into a book called, uh, raising a modern day night by Robert Lewis, I mean, I, I love reading, I'm an avid reader. Um, so, uh, but I read that book and man, I, so I read it for the first time, couldn't put it down. I read it within like a day and a half. And then I had to go back and this time I went back with pen and paper and a highlighter. and man, I'm just going through that and I'm marking the pages. I'm marking, I'm writing notes. I'm highlighting passages within the book and just going through it that way. Um, and then <laughs> I go back again where now I'm sitting down at a computer and I'm typing hmm. and I'm developing a concept. And so by this time we had moved to North Carolina, we were in Fort Campbell before when I got out. Um, my wife got stationed at, at Fort Bragg. So we moved to North Carolina, started attending Leighton Chapel Baptist church. Uh, in Spring Lake, North Carolina. And uh, I sat down with my pastor. I was like, this is what God's been dealing with me on. One day we were sitting at a misquecitas, And this is about a year after I had started the process and started developing a lot of the concepts or the thoughts that God was giving me. And uh, he became very interested. He said, you know, this is something that I think most men could use. This is, you know, it, it most men could use help in this in this area and so we started developing um or, or fleshing out this idea of modern day nights what do modern day nights look like and uh, how do modern day nights raise other nights um and that's really what robert lewis's book was i mean it was about that and that's where the king's guard ministry came from um so what we ended up doing was we created uh, a discipleship program um and so this is still in its in a lot of it is still in its infancy. There's still some development that's 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 coming down the pipe, but we, we, we created the initial program. Um, I went, me, my, myself, uh, my pastor, John Chansey, a couple other men that helped develop the program. Um, we all went through it first before we we're going to put anybody else through it. It was a really blessed, a real big blessing to us. Um, and then as we started going through a couple of generations after we realized there were some shortcomings, so we started changing it a little bit. Um, cause we didn't want guys to get so wrapped up around a time frame. You know, we wanted them to, you know, do the work that was necessary to help them. You, know, you, you, you were in the army. You, you, you've heard it said you trained, you trained to standard, not to time. Right, right. And uh, that was that was the idea behind that. We want them to train to a standard, um, and what that standard is is not necessarily a standard that we set. It's one that they fa- that they have to find in scripture. Um, and I think that that's where a lot of the issue that we have in churches today is, um, is that you know a lot of the standards that you find. Um, they're coming from other men and, mm. and, uh, specifically in the background that I have a lot of fundamentalist, uh, and I'm still a you and I've discussed this. I'm still a fundamentalist. I'm just not a legalist, but where a lot of the legalist ideas come from is men putting their standards on others, you right, know, right. it's this idea that, you know, they have to add to the scripture, but you know, the reality is when, when Satan tempted Eve. The reason he was able to tempt her and deceive her so successfully is because she kept adding to the scripture. She did not have a very clear understanding of what the scripture was telling her or how to apply that to her life or what the word of God was. You know, when he said, do you eat of the tree? She's like, no, we can't eat of the tree. Or we can't even touch it. God never said anything about touching it. He just right. said, don't eat of it, you know, but yet she added to it. And the Bible tells us very clearly, you don't add, don't take away. You know, the word of God is the word of God is the word of God. That is truth. That is the absolute truth. It's the it's the bedrock, the fundamental of everything that we do. Um, and if we deviate from that, that's where we slip up. Now, God's going to deal with one man differently than how he deals with me. One man may have a substance abuse problem where I, I may not. But I may have a, a problem with pride that that other guy doesn't have. So the things that God... The standards that god puts on my life may not necessarily be the exact same standards that he has now there's certain things that yes he's going to apply to everybody across the board but there are certain things that uh, that's just me right it's, you know those are my shortcomings and not not this other guy so i got to be careful in those things to make sure that the standard that they apply isn't coming from me it's coming from him you know but it's been a and a almost four-year process is you get the ministry and then just recently we launched the podcast um, and uh, we've been averaging about about 100 viewers each week uh, on the podcast so it's it's been God's been blessing. I've right. been doing some my things
0: so so you must have seen I mean you, you started a program right a whole ministry mm-hmm. revolving around this so it wasn't just for you though 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 it wasn't you know obviously you said it was an issue for your life mm-hmm. but then to start a whole program, a whole discipleship program, which I think is just absolutely uh you know awesome. Though you, that mean that means you you saw a shortcoming in in mm-hmm. Christian manhood, what it means to be a Christian man, and you saw some some deficiencies in that yeah. area since you like I said, you you know now you know you get the whole ministry at a program that you're constantly that's constantly evolving around this. Uh because you know you know nobody comes in and and does something because there's a system in place that's working. Right. Right. Somebody comes in with something because, you know, um, you know, I, I like to say, I can't remember how they say it in the army now, but, um, uh, you know, you know, there, there's a rule, there's a regulation because somebody somewhere sometime, yeah, did something, yeah, right? <laughs> right. So that's why yeah. they had to make it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, so, um, I guess before we talk about the solutions, know because obviously this problem of not having biblical men or having a clear understanding of biblical manhood it's still quite an epidemic uh i say in the church at large in america so you Mm -hmm. know if you want want to uh, speak on that so that you know people can get idea well maybe that's you know me you know i know i have my own shortcomings and we all have our own shortcomings um in this area but you know people may be listening people may be watching and and they're like yeah whoa whoa whoa, that's me you're talking about at least least that's my hope
1: so yeah uh, so one i i'm gonna be honest i created the program for me i was selfish in that in that regard right like i so whenever i do one of these courses and i've i've done this i'm doing i've I've just recently started the third one for the year um i'll tell them every time i didn't create this program for you i created it I, i created it for me because i needed it um but i figured if i needed it somebody else did too Right. The the Bible tells us there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. There's no new sins. There's just very we have new ways, new creative ways of sinning in the same ways. Right. So um, but you're right. There were there were some definitely some shortcomings and things of that nature. And so, like I said, uh, there we have ministries, we have men's ministries, we have boys ministries. Very rarely do you see those two things put together. Hmm. Right. Uh, So one of the shortcomings that I've seen is the lack of mentorship in the church, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's a movement out right now in the, in, in churches. And it's not necessarily just fundamentalist churches. It's, I've seen it just about everywhere you go, but Mm. it's this, this idea where they've taken the term armor bearer in in the scripture Mm -hmm. and they've turned this into the guy that you give all the crappy jobs to. And, you know, he's every, He's ne- he has no hope of progressing beyond any of that. He's only ever going to be the toilet scrubber, yes. right? And don't get me wrong, like there's you, when you start in ministry, you you got to be willing to scrub some toilets, you know. But um, the pastor needs to be ready to scrub some toilets too, you know. I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's just like we, we all got to do the gritty work not just the glamorous work um but we we've taken that term armor bearer to mean that anything that i don't want to do i'm going to pass off to this guy over here and and so that was one of the things that's not mentorship right it's just not um mentorship starts with i'm going to demonstrate i'm gonna i want you to just follow me along and watch me you watch you watch what i do and you do what i do in fact paul tells timothy in 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 the book of second timothy in in his letter to him he says, you know the things that you've seen of me do you know, and then pass that on to faithful men who will teach others also? You know, so it's about doing things and then being the example that the younger generation or the next generation needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so mentorship was one, two, it was a lack of discipline, you know, um, or a lack of understanding what discipline is. Uh, I, I define discipline this way with my kids. And I, I I go to my kids as an example a lot because oftentimes church members act like kids. Um, so, uh, I tell them this, you know, discipline is not what I do to you because you did something wrong. Discipline is a choice that you make for yourself on how you're going to behave and how you're going to live each and every day. You know, that's discipline. It's, it's decision-making it's a life choice. It's a, a discipline is a lifestyle and it is one that you have to set in motion every day. I think John Lovell, he's the CEO of warrior poet society. Uh, he made the statement, you know, um, cause we talk about goals all the time, right? Um, new year's resolutions and all, all that we talk about goals, but you know, everyone wants to set a goal. Well, what's your goal? What's your goal? What's your goal? He says, you know, goals are overrated, mm. you know, don't set goals as much. He said, make habits make habits because habits are what will change and revolutionize your life goals are arbitrary all right and he's exactly right they are that's true yeah. that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a vision creating a vision is very biblical you know even habakkuk 2 2 tells us to make write the vision and make it plain upon the tables you know um so write down the vision know what you want to be know what god has called you to be and what he's designed you to be write it down so that you've got a goal set you've, you've got a target that you can shoot for but at the same time um, understand that you're not going to just wake up one day and be that thing that you wrote down it's a process and that's where we get confused especially in the church is that we've we've tried to remove the entire process and mm. just say you need to be this and if you're not this then you're not then you're falling short mm. right we've turned, we, we've turned sanctification and holiness into a pipe dream is really True. what we've done. When in reality, that's never what it was meant to be. You know, even Paul tells us, Paul, the apostle tells us that, you know, the things that th- those things that he wishes he didn't do is the, are the things that he does and the things that he, he wants to do are the things that he doesn't want to do. And that he finds himself in a war where his, the, his, his, his flesh is in war with his spirit right and that's where we're at you know and i I think that's that's the other part is we 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 look at this as you know the 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 idea of discipline at or the warfare that we fight as a metaphor rather than a reality Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's that's not the case the real war is the war that you fight between your flesh and your spirit the real war that's waging is the spiritual warfare that's that's been waging since the dawn of time so discipline is is one area that we that we've noticed people are, are lacking in and that's just because there's a misunderstanding of what discipline is there's a misunderstanding of the term Holiness we've had guys that come through the course that really struggle with that term of Holiness because some preacher somewhere one time told them that Holiness was being perfect and that you have to be perfect or you're just you're 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 not cutting it and and you need to do something else you know mm. it's that's just not the case you know, it's, we've, we've made it this demeaning thing, you know, yeah. and uh, it was never meant to be that. Um, so mentorship, discipline. Um, and then just, I, I think, you know, the, the, the reality is the world attacks manhood on a regular basis. I mean, you mm. turn the news on, you can see that yeah. on. Um, masculinity is toxic. And if you disagree with that, you're obviously a toxic masculine male. And uh, The the thing that you have to understand is One They're wrong But two They're also right They're wrong in the fact that Masculinity is not toxic True, genuine, biblical masculinity is not toxic Mm -hmm. But there are men who are Right And we we as a church have a problem distinguishing the two Right Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of viewpoints on what masculinity is and what being a man is so one you have one world philosophy where ma- it's not really that they want manhood to be this they just don't want there to be manhood they want they want everybody to look the same they want men and women to be to be the same no difference between them you know and and we're just going to cast you know all of that out the window and uh one the bible is very clear on the on the matter he created them male and female um and that's all i'll say about say on that you know it's that that's a world viewpoint it's just it's unbiblical it's unscriptural um but two there's the the might makes right kind of mentality you know Mm -hmm. where you got the guys that you know it's it's what they're after is wine women wealth um they want as much alcohol as they can drink as much and i used to be that guy Mm -hmm. I i mean i did um and it got me nowhere gets you nowhere uh they, they want as many women as they can get you know they, they want as much money as they can get and the reality is n- those three things will not lead you to satisfaction they will not lead you to the, you, you're going to feel just as empty the day that you started or the day that you ended as the day you started mm-hmm. right um and then there's the the viewpoint of um i'm the king of my castle you know Um, and this is one that I see more often in the church, Mm -hmm. not that I don't see it in the world as well, but I see it often in the church. And this is the one that everybody wants to protect. You know, they, they talk about, excuse me, they use that verse, uh, where, um, the wives submit to your husbands, right? So now they, they take that and they flip it so that, um, the husband is basically, he, he comes home from work and he sits on his throne and the wife serves in hand and foot. And she has no value other than what she can do for him and what she can give to him and so on and so forth. And that it's just Yeah. It's 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 horrible. You know, the, the reality is the Bible tells us that the that a marriage between a man and a woman is a picture of of Christ in the church. And if that's how Christ acted to the church, well, I mean, how many of us would actually want to be Christians? Mm-hmm. You know, and he has every right to do that. But yet, that's not how he acts. If you, if you read those passages ahead, of, uh, before that, he talks about how Christ served the church. He, it's when it, when it comes to the church being spotless and clean and all of those things, it was the responsibility fell on Christ to make sure that that the church was spotless and without blemish, not necessarily the church's responsibility. Christ did those things. He served the church, and in return, because he served them, the John, John the Apostle John said it best: "We love him because he first loved us." The thing right. is, is that we as men are supposed to be representatives of that. We're supposed to emulate that. And the Bible says, love your wives as Christ has loved the church. You know? Right. So if we're going to do that, it's not my wife bringing me, coming in and massaging my feet and after a long, hard day. It's it's I should be doing that for her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She's the one that deal. I mean, and my wife works, and I'm all for it, right? I, I have no problem with my wife working. She wants work, go work. I would like to create an environment where she didn't have to if she doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. That's getting harder in this time, in this economy that we live in. But that's that would be my goal. But you know, the reality is she so that's what she does. She works, she does all those things, all the things that I do, she does. We both work full-time jobs. We both are involved in ministry. We've got four kids. One is he just turned a year old last week. Wow. And we are we're not young anymore. I mean, having, having an infant at my age, man, that's exhausting. Right. I don't know how it's just, so, um, we're tired. We're, we're sleepy, man. It's, but it's at the same time, it's, I want to make sure that she knows that, you know, I'm there to give her what she needs to, to supply her needs and and to help her out. Do I, am I able to do that all the time? No, I fall short. I fall short. Mm I mess up, but that's, that's the beauty of God's grace. See, because it's not just about holiness. It's about grace. And hmm. when we right, re- when we recognize that, we recognize that God gives grace to us and, and what that looks like. If we, if we really, really recognize that what we'll do is we'll start giving grace to others.
0: True. Hmm. Sure. Yeah.
1: And I think that's where we, we fall short. We, we want the grace, but we don't want to give grace to others. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, there were a couple of sh- uh, a couple of shortcomings that we saw when it came to that and, and some, but you know, I think really what it was, was we wanted guys to recognize that, you know, even though the world may challenge you and, and, and tell us that, you know, manhood is toxic and masculinity is toxic. God says something completely different. Mm-hmm. And as believers, it, I, I should not value the opinion of the world. I shouldn't give, give credit or credence to what they, to their opinion on the matter the only place that I should go is look in the scripture and see what God says about it. And God's very, very clear, you know? So, um, when done right, masculinity is a good thing. Masculinity is beneficial, not just to me as a man, but beneficial to my wife. It's beneficial to my children. It's beneficial to my community. And, uh, it's something that the world needs, but they need masculinity. That's done right. Right. You know, (laughs) And I think that's 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 what we're seeing is we're we're seeing a world where masculinity is there's so much confusion regarding mm. what manhood is, you know. So that's kind yeah. of where we started where it came from.
0: Nice. Yeah, I mean I I, I love it. Um yeah, I mean yeah, there's a lot of confusion and I don't miss words, and I'm like, I don't care what the heck the social media censor people do. So I mean we if a man can be a woman, a woman can be a man, of course there's gonna be mass confusion. Yeah about what the heck manhood is um yep. and and things like that so yeah uh, but i think i just want to kind of focus on this discipline thing a little bit because i yeah. think people kind of hear that word or they might hear that term they might get start the wheels start turning like mm-hmm. what does that mean like is that me i gotta have a whole list of do's and don'ts or what no, does that yeah, mean i yeah, mean yeah. i think it'll you know it always starts at the most basic fundamental levels right just like, 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 I, I feel like, the it's like when, when you join the army, right. They mm-hmm. didn't just hand you your M4 and say, "Here, go shoot that. Right. No, they, they, they taught you, they taught you the basic fundamental uh, of marksmanship. Right. Mm-hmm. They taught you how to, uh, how, how the weapon operates. Uh, you know, it's magazine fed gas operated and all, all that. Yeah. Uh, they taught, they taught you how to uh, disassemble it. They taught you how to reassemble it. Right. Uh, dime washer mm-hmm. drills, trigger pull, the whole nine yards, all of it, all, yep. all of that long before you even went to the, to the uh, zero range. Right. And then he had to zero the weapon. Then you finally had to qualify in the weapon. But yeah. it was yeah zero, was a
1: then group, and then qualify. Right. Yeah. It,
0: it, so it was it was a you know it's a process. Yeah. And I think people uh, fail, uh, you know, for the reasons mm-hmm. you, you said, and they don't they just don't know where to start. Um, I, I like to say, I think I think the most fundamental thing for any Christian, never mind just men, but the most the most basic fundamental discipline a person can have in their life is starting out to have uh, a daily prayer life and then daily yeah. daily Bible study D- daily. I mean, yeah. I know, I know you might have that one day. You might not be able to get there. So we're not talking about being a legalist about it, but you know, it, it should be at the end of the day, really barring those one, one off days, any excuse for any man, any believer to skip that. And I think, I think that's, yeah. that's, that's where it, it, starts like i said is, is would you like to you know talk about that
1: yeah absolutely so that, that's that's uh that's a big thing for us uh, especially in the ministry um so discipline is really i find myself having like each for for certain periods of time god will give me a word that he just that's what i felt that's where he just hammers away at me um in 2018 when i started this process it was discipline discipline for two years was literally what he just beat me over the head with um and he i say those i use that terminology because for me for me to get a concept you you literally have to beat me over the head with it sometimes um and he did man just just tore me up um but discipline is extremely important in a man's life i mean that's the paul talks about this often you know the the bible the scriptural or the biblical word for it is temperance right where it's it's self-control um i'm in the middle of writing a book uh, I did not intend to write a book. It just—we were revamping the disciples program, and we we're doing the the journals that go along with the discipleship program. And in the process, God just kind of—I started typing one day, just couldn't stop, and now I'm a couple chapters in. Um, but we talk about—I talk about this in in our book. Uh, there's a um, one of the one of the principles that we use in the King's Guard is uh, is it's an old army principle um, called stand two, hmm. right? Um, so anybody that's in the military or at least in the army or at least in the Marines will, will understand what stand two is. Um, but for those that don't, uh, stand two kind of originated during the French and Indian war, um, which took place just about a decade before the revolutionary war. Um, and what happened was the certain native American groups teamed up with the French, certain native American groups teamed up with the British. Um, and then you had the American colonials that teamed up with the British and they just went to war with each other. Um, the British found out very, very, um, very, very quickly, uh, and unfortunately, at, at the because of a, a tragic loss of life that that the Native American tribes like to attack at dawn, um, and do that often. I mean, you could set your clock by it. And so, what they did is they came up with a battle drill, um, and that's all right, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Um, but they came up with a battle drill, which is basically just a process uh, uh, where an officer would call stand to um, about an hour before dawn and all the British, all the red coats and everybody that's in that fort would grab their rifles and they would go to their fighting position and they would stand watch. I'm talking rifles in the pocket of their shoulders, their cheek pressed to the stock, their eyes looking down the sights, and they're waiting for the enemy. And the first enemy that pops their head up gets a bullet to the brain. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a concept. That's what they started doing. We still use stand two today. Right. Yep. Right, um, I remember pull, doing stand two for many, many hours for many, many years. Over the years, uh, whether I'm in field environments or over, overseas, um, pulling stand two because it's just a good practice. When the British started using it, those dawn time raids started drawing down. They start it saved countless of lives. Um, but God started dealing with me about that. He started. I started 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 formulating the question in my mind um, why we don't do that in a spiritual sense. And, uh, probably about four in the morning, one day I woke up and became very, very aware of the process for me, or that, that this is something that I needed to do in my life. Because, uh, what I found is that the first thing that I would grab in the morning would be my phone, mm. which was a distraction from what needed to be done. Um, and then the first thing I would check would be social media. Right. Yeah. And, uh, which is just a distraction in the distraction. by that time, now I'm embroiled in a spiritual warfare. I'm being tempted or I'm, you know, I'm either being tempted to be angry. I'm being tempted by, by lust. I'm being tempted by, Oh, I want to start this business or that business. I want to, I want to do all of these different things that really I have no business doing um, because it's just going to ruin my life. And I'm doing it because I'm not taking that time to get in a fighting position and prepare. And really that drill, that battle drill is all about preparing, being ready for the day. Stand two was making sure that hey, I'm going to at least survive the morning time raid of the enemy so that I can move on. I think that's kind of what your Bible time becomes in the morning. You know, but there's a couple things that you got to do for that to, to make that happen. One, you gotta you have to identify your fighting position. Right? Um, that's kind of the first step. Uh, so identify your fighting. What do you need in a fighting position? Well, um, spiritually speaking for, for this case, for this battle drill, you need a place of solitude. You need a place of quiet. Mm. All right. Some place that you can get alone where you can free from distraction. You don't have your phone. You're, you're not near your computer. You're not near all the TVs in the house and all of the, the, the hustle and bustle that happens, right? You're away. You're put away. Um, in, in solitude. All right. And there's a, and I, I say solitude because I, I use that word intentionally because there's a difference between solitude and isolation. Mm. Um, but you gotta be careful that your solitude doesn't become isolation, right? That's a battle that I fight personally, um, where I just keep the door shut just a little too long and then it becomes something else. Um, so solitude, so someplace where you get peace and quiet. And then from there, um, you need, uh, you need to start with prayer, right? And, and what I would say is your prayer life, you this is not so, this is not the type of prayer where you're asking for something. Right. I think that's where what we think prayer becomes. And we have that option. We have that ability as believers in Christ where we can come to Christ and ask him for stuff and things and needs and, and all of those things. The Bible says that you have not because you ask not, right? Um, and uh, so it, there's nothing wrong with asking God for things. Um, but that's not what this prayer is meant to be. This prayer is... The same prayer that David prayed in Psalm 140, verse 1, where he said, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. When he says that word deliver, that and I've only seen it there. I've only seen this this Hebrew word used there as translators deliver here in this in this passage. Everywhere else where you see the word deliver, if mm-hmm. you look at the Hebrew, it's it literally means rescue me. But this one means prepare. Ah okay. It means prepare me. He says, Prepare me. For the evil man, preserve me. And that word means make ready, make me ready for the violent man. So what he's asking is, God, I'm not asking you to pull me out of the fight. I'm not asking you to to come in and fight for me because we already know God's going to do that. Right. What he's asking is make me an asset. Hmm. Make me a better combatant. You know, make me a better fighter. Make me a warrior for you. And that's what that prayer is and that's what we should be praying as men is god make prepare my heart prepare my life prepare my soul um and my mind and my body for you so that I'm a, I'm a better warrior so so that i'm an asset for your for your victories for your for your host um and that's what our prayer should be and then so we we start with fighting just identifying our fighting position we start with prayer we got to figure out where dawn is for us right All right some guys, you know, you say, I work at night, and I'm, I'm not going to wake up at dawn, at the crack of dawn. And n- nothing wrong with that. What's dawn for you, though? Mm-hmm. Right? What time is it that, that you need to get aside that is that moment just before that fight? You know, you need to identify that for you. Um, I, I try. I don't always do this. I'm not always able to do this. Um, I try to get up about an hour or so before everybody else where I've got at least 30 minutes to an hour with no distractions. But you have to also understand there's gonna be days that that's just not in the cards, right? Somebody's gonna come in. The kids are gonna wake up early. Uh, you know, your your wife is gonna come in and talk to you. You, you get a, you're gonna have all those things, and you have to understand. Like, and this is what I used to do, and I, I, sometimes I still struggle with it, and I'm getting better at it. Um, but realizing that they need you, and they're not a distraction. That's just your life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um. Yep. So. God needs, he wants you to be able to communicate with him regardless of what's going on around you. So if your family's there, that doesn't mean that you stop doing what you're doing. But it also doesn't mean that you don't engage them either. You know, you get you got to participate with them. So understand, you know, there's grace and that that's required for those moments. And mm-hmm. then finally, have your weapon ready. You know, the Bible tells us mm-hmm. that, that, that our weapon is the sword of the spirit, the word of God, right? Um, yep. And it, we need to be, have very much the same attitude. And, and, and mental standing that the British had during their stand two tactics during the French and Indian war. It's in the pocket of our shoulder. Our cheeks are pressed to the stock. Our eyes are looking down the site and we're looking for those areas that need to be removed from our lives, removed from our hearts so that we can, we can have a more meaningful relationship with our creator and King. And, and so that we can live a victorious life as believers, right? But stand two is, is, is really a great concept because I mean, it it really, it it puts a whole format to where you can, you know, do exactly that, have your Bible time. But here's the thing you got, what you got to understand is the stand two is just a tool. Yeah. That's not going to make you holy. True. You know, all that does. And I I tell the guys that go through our discipleship program all the time. There's no, there's no secret sauce in our program. Right. Right. There's no, there's no magic beans. There's no magic pill. Uh, I'm not Morpheus, right? You're not Neo. This is real life. The, The magic sauce is the Holy Spirit, right? So all this does is help you build a disciplined routine.
0: True, right.
1: And in that disciplined routine, it's your responsibility to invite the Holy Spirit into that, right? To where you're saying, hey, this is my time. I'm dedicating to you come and teach me what you want. Teach, teach me how to be a better man. Teach me how to be a better disciple. Teach me how to be a better husband, how to be a better father, all of those things, but you've got to invite the Holy spirit into mm-hmm. it. Cause if you, if you don't bring him, well, you, you you're, now you're fighting on your own. Right. And you're just not going to win. So stand two is a great, is a great, uh, is a great concept, a great, a great system to use. Um, and then just battle drills in general you know yeah. um, we, we're really we're, we're kind of really focusing or developing this idea of creating spiritual battle drills and so mm. on and so forth for our guys and, and and what that looks like you know how do you react to contact with the enemy mm. you know how do you react uh when you contact the enemy of the flesh or the enemy of world opinion or uh doubt you know those kind of things but these it's like you said it's a process discipline is a process but it's it's something that that you really need to it takes time to develop. It takes time to to work through, um, and and the key there is it it will not be something that you're comfortable with until you master it.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, because to be honest, I had to stand too. I couldn't stand when I was in the army. I couldn't stand doing it. You know, right? To be honest, yeah. I was probably going to be that guy. Well, before I, you know, obviously not as an NCO, but you know, I was you know young private. Yeah, I was probably that guy that was gonna good chance I was probably gonna fall asleep or try mm-hmm. to fall asleep during it, you know. I, I hated it. Yeah. And um yeah. even to be honest, um like when I got saved back in January 2019, like I didn't want to start developing any of uh getting getting up. Now now for me getting up is 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 is, is not a major thing. I just didn't want to do it. You know, yeah. and I, I think that we have a lot of problems today. Is that people just don't want to do it? They want to. They want to have yep. um, another priority. Um, yeah. You know, the priority of binge watching TV, priority of video games, wh- whatever, whatever is in there. You know, there's no one size fits all. Only, but but we do that, right? And then we're like, yep. well, I can't do that. And you're like, well, it, you know, you say you can't do it, but what in your life can you shift around? Or like you were saying, you know, stuff we need to cut out that's, that's, yeah. that's preventing us from doing it. Because um, you're right. Uh, we need to prepare every day because every day is a day of battle. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think I think the Psalms uh, say that uh, every day uh, is the day of battle. Um, and, and you know, I, there were times that I didn't prepare for the day of battle. Um, and And the enemy just swept the rug out from under my feet. You know, yeah. it was that that you were talking about that that dawn attack. You know, not ready for it when it came, and and uh, it, it's vicious. But you're right; it has to be developed. It's not going to be. Yep. It's going not going to feel nice. You know, nope, it's not going to be nope. nice. I, th- I think people think, well, oh yeah, if I make a decision to do, I'm just going to do it, right? And then you were mentioning like, oh, your kids walk in, the kids wake up early. You know, a billion things could could happen um to to try and de- derail that um but i guess we have to have the mindset is is what do we want more in our life like you mm-hmm. were saying do do we want the lord to prepare us right because i look at prayer time is uh like lord what do you want what do you, what what do you want of me what, what yeah. do you need of me you know like you said you know if we're, we're we're we can get really good at coming before him with lists right? Yeah. And hey, this is my, this is my, this is my need. This is, this is my prayer list, right? Check, check, yep. check, check. And the there's nothing wrong with asking, but if that's the focus of our prayer time, I think you're right. We've, we've, we've completely lost the essential of what prayer time is. Yep. Um, so yeah. Um, and I, and I can't, I can speak from experience. Like I'll be, I don't always do it perfectly. Just like nobody does it perfectly, but I can tell you that, that making decision to make a lifestyle. I think, I think maybe that might be, a good, a, yeah, a good term for people to hear is it's a lifestyle. It's not merely yeah. like a, a regimen of, of of or a list or something. It's a lifestyle. So, it's it's the way we live every day. And if we, we if we if we don't choose to do that, I don't know what we're living for, you know. And it's no yeah. wonder why our society is turned upside down. Why fatherlessness is such an epidemic. Um, I don't know what's your thoughts on this, uh, real quick. But um, you know, I that's what I see as one of the worst. Ways, at least from the research that I've that I've read and, you know, I, I love researching things is cool. that, you know, all these most of these school shooters, most of these school shooters had fatherlessness in their lives. Yeah. You know, if the father wasn't present, well, he wasn't present, but also maybe he called a kid constantly worthless. All the some, you know. Um,
1: well, I think it, it goes yeah. it, can, it can go beyond that. It, so it's not just the fact that there is an absent father, but. There were men who didn't want to take up and step up to the responsibility. I so one of the things that we talk about in the, in this ministry is you know um, especially when we approach it with a couple men, um, the, you know we get the responsible. I don't have kids. What do I have to offer in this? You know I don't have a son. I don't. I've got nothing. This ministry does nothing for me. Well, what about the what about the kids that don't have have dads mm-hmm. that still needed somebody to influence them? Like you don't have. Cl- Okay, you don't have kids, so who, who do you who are you planning to pass your legacy on to? Right? Right. This isn't just about benefiting them, it's about benefiting you and carrying on the legacy that you've started for yourself and that God has created for you. Right. Who are you going to pass that on to? Um, and, and what we do is we we use that idea of well, I'm not their dad. I can't, I can't do anything about it as a cop out to absolve ourselves of responsibility and here the problem with that is that we as believers the bible tells us that that god is a father to the fatherless you know and then Mm. ephesians 5 1 you know be ye therefore followers of god as dear children if he's a a father to the father fatherless and we're supposed to be like him guess that kind of means that we need to be fathers to the fatherless
0: yeah I, I, you know? I think, I think we need to be leading by example, right? Cause exactly. people, yes. people are going to watch yes, us. Absolutely. Right. Whether we know it or not is, is neither here nor there regardless, yep. right? If somebody sees a man stepping up and being a biblical mm-hmm. godly man, right? Yep. That's going to set an example. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think that's one of the most important things to do is lead by <laughs> example. You know, that's, that's yep. I mean, you know, I'm sure same for, you You know, throughout my entire military career, lead by example, Lead from the front all the time, all the time. Just drill yeah. into me, um, and I think I think we need a lot more of that, um, and a lot less, you know, flapping of the lips um, per se. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's kind of my general rule. I mean, and, and so the guys that go through this ministry, that have been through this ministry, especially those that have, that have helped develop it, will tell you um, that that's been my philosophy from day one. You know, um, I won't ask anybody to do anything that I won't do myself, right? So when we develop the when we developed the, the discipleship program, I was the first one to go through it when we started revamping it. I'm I'm, I'm in the process of going through that revamping right now. Um, and while I'm going through it, I'm leading two other guys through it, you know, and they're seeing the effects that it has on me and I'm seeing the effects that it has on them. And we're going through it together, but I'm, if they're going to go through it, I'm going to go through it with, with them. You know, um, one of the most, um, when I first got to Fifth Special Forces group, one, uh, it was uh, probably my first weekend there, and I got tapped with staff duty. Which is, anybody knows anything? You, it's very rare that you get tapped with staff duty your first weekend because right. you, you barely just checked in and in processed the unit, right? Well, I got tapped with it, and uh, so I got sent over there, and I'm 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 sitting in the group headquarters, and the group sergeant major walks in, and sees me, sees that I'm a brand new E5, that I'm a brand new green beret recognized it right off the bat i mean i i you could tell right and uh he pulled me in his office grabbed the command chief um who had been in since like 1973 at the time and uh they pulled they both started pulling all their their photo albums that they kept in their office and for the entire day and it was a saturday so why they were even there i don't know but for the entire day they're just going through all of this stuff with me right one mentoring me which we talked about that earlier right but two they're passing mm-hmm. on a legacy right and it's this idea that they're not going to just they're they're going to lead by example they want their soldiers to know hey i know what you're going through i know i know the hardships that you're enduring because i've endured them i've gone through them christ did this for us right. you know the bible tells us that he, that he was tempted in all points the same as man Every single thing that we were tempted in every single problem that we've ever had, he's dealt with it. He, he's dealt, I mean, he's, he's been there. He's dealt with isolation. He's de- he's dealt with being forsaken. He's dealt with, you know, being falsely accused. He's dealt with all of those things. So we know that we can endure it because he endured it too. All right. Right. And so as we, as leaders, especially as Christians, we should be carrying on that example and saying, well, if he led by example, and if he's calling me as a man to be a leader, then I need to lead by example, right? And uh, I think that's one of the failings that we've had in the church, that we've seen in the church is we we, we want to have this kind of do as I say, not as I do kind of mentality. And that's just not how it works.
0: Right. Yeah. No, I mean, nobody's going to listen. Let, let's just face it. Nobody's going to take a guy seriously if that's his attitude of do as I say, not as I do, right? Right, right. No, no, nobody's going to take him very seriously. It's just, it is what it is. And I think it's, fair to have that mm-hmm. like, like what do yeah. you know did you what you know what are you what are you doing you know because one thing to say we'll say preach from a pulpit and uh be a good husband be whatever subject you want to pull from the bible mm-hmm. right but then it's like okay well, so what are you doing and how you know not not, not everybody's yeah. gonna have the perfect marriage thing but what what, what is your marriage like you know yep. how, how are you raising your children are, are, are they rebellious whatever i think you know pe- people people um uh, want to know that and you know while you know too much self-disclosure is not a you know is a bad thing but we need I, I think we need uh self-disclosure and let people know that look you know we're all on this journey together yeah. at the very least instead of using the pulpit like a yeah like a bully pulpit saying hey you know hammer you, hammer right. you like mm-hmm. no dude you're just we're all going through the same together we may be in different areas or we may need this piece worked on or that piece worked on you know you know different strokes for different folks but hey it's the point is that we're all on this together none of us are there yet if we're breathing yep. oxygen you know through our nose um we're not there yet so yep. yeah i i think yeah uh, so anyway uh, as i look at the time and we're, we're coming to the end but i want to first want to thank you for coming on it was an honor i think this is gonna uh help and uh, and give people uh a, a pretty good idea Anyway, of biblical manhood and yeah. what it should look like. I mean, uh, at least to start with the basic fundamentals, right? Like, leave for right, example, yeah. right? What, yeah. are, what you know, at least we should take stock in ourselves and say, what am I showing? And is it the wrong thing? And, you know, things like that. So, um, and so where can people get a hold of you at? Where, you know, you're on social media, websites, um, stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so uh, you can find us, as far as the podcast goes, you can find us on Facebook. Just look up the Kingsguard Podcast um, on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, you, you search uh, the Kingsguard Ministries on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. We're even on Twitch. Um, mm. And then if you're wanting more information about uh, the ministry, you can email us at info at the um info at the kingsguard.org or you can email us at podcast at the All
0: right. Yeah. All those links will be in the uh the description, the show notes down below. So uh check them out. I'll make it way too easy for you to uh to to get on find the website. I'll do all the hard work for you out there. So no excuse. Not no excuse. None. Uh, none
1: right. whatsoever. Right.
0: So yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, anyway, I appreciate you coming on. I really no, Thanks do. for
1: having me. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was an honor.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. So with that we'll end the show and I will talk to y'all later.